This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we have, I'm pulling out a word here that I rarely use, Rhett. Oh, okay. I'm excited. We have YouTube personality powerhouse. Powerhouse. <laughs> That's right. I just said powerhouse. The one and only Jenna Marbles. Well, I think she's justified in being called a powerhouse because she's currently the number one female YouTube personality. With and, I mean, in the top, she's yeah, in the top yeah. three most subscribed YouTube personalities. Period. Right. When you, there's a lot of companies up there, but once you once you take the companies out, she's the number three person. Over 13 million subscribers, over 1.5 billion views on these videos she's been making for the past few years. Okay. Now Jenna caught her first viral break back in 2010 with a video titled How to Trick People into Thinking You're Good Looking. If you were born really ugly like me, have no fear. There's steps you can take to be good looking, kind of. I've already taken some steps before we even start. I've bleached the absolute out of my hair and I tanned my skin because if I did it, I would look like an albino. That video currently has 57 million views and counting. And after a six-month break from YouTube, which we'll get into exactly why that happened, she started uploading weekly videos. She's been doing that for about the past four years. A recent example of that is Things Boys Don't Understand, part three. This one's got three million views. Let me tell you what will go a mile. Have you ever gone over to a girl's house and like taken out her garbage or like done some dishes? Hello? That is like chivalry. Like, you have swept me off my feet. If a guy comes over to my house and takes out the garbage for me, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's grounds for instant love. I love you. Want to move in? Will you be my roommate? Can I marry you? Okay, so you're in for a real tree. This conversation that we had with Jenna got real. We discussed her life before YouTube, including the dangers and triumphs. Of go-go dancing. Yeah. Did you know there were triumphs of yeah, go-go dancing? Yeah, there were some. Okay. And, and what it's like to be pretty much the most popular woman on the internet. What is it like to live the life of the most popular woman on the internet? Including how she's managing her current romantic relationship. Yeah, we, we get in there. And she's a lot like, more. She's like, oh, you want to go there. Yeah, yeah, we did. We went there. So here it is. Our Ear Biscuit with Jenna Marbles. Okay, so you you talked about something pretty um, ironically coincidental. Mm-hmm. That's kind of using the same. That's a little redundant. <laughs> in, a, in a recent video, your obsession with Google Earth mm-hmm. and islands. Yep. And, I, and when you said I just go on Google Earth and I zoom into an island and then I hit the Wikipedia thing, I was like, I didn't know anybody else did that. Yeah. I, I have a an, an obsession. Brett doesn't shut up about islands, <laughs> and so we're watching this video. And he's like, oh. <gasps> It's like, what's wrong, man? What's wrong? He's like, Jenna's obsessed with islands, too. So tell us about your island obsession. I don't know. You just get in these dark corners of, like, the ocean, and you're like, I wonder what's over here. And you zoom in, you're like, there's a a place here and people that live here? Like, it's insane. Yeah, and, like, you, you start thinking, like, okay, I mean... How are these? I know they they got like phones and 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 like electricity and stuff. But you start thinking like, how are they connected to the outside world? And when am I going to get to go there? That's I haven't I ever been know. to any of them. That's the most disappointing thing. Agreed. Have you no. been to one of these islands? No, no, never. 
I don't even know if you can get to some of them by like a plane. You have to fly to somewhere and then take a weird boat <laughs> to another place. <laughs> a, a, a really, boat, yeah. a really long skinny boat. I think yeah. is what they use. But you were talking about how you'll zoom in and there'll be like a wiki entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can read about the people that live there, if there are people there, or if it's just like a weird like naval base for something, and that's about it. You, you know about this one, I told you, you remember, I told you, I got obsessed with this island, and I can't, I feel stupid that I can't remember the name, but it's off the coast of Mexico, in the Pacific Ocean. It's one of the most remote islands in the world, nobody lives on it now, but back in the day, like 100 years ago, there was a man who basically started his own like little country, and he had all these women, and... Uh, <laughs> They, they they were on the island because they were collecting bat guano. Ooh, bat yeah. feces. Bat feces can yeah. be uh, they can be used for things. And it's just and it has this toxic lake in the middle. I have mean that's re- the kind of place I want to go. What? Have you read the wiki on this one? No. Well now I'm gonna go Google Earth that. Like, yeah, just go no west tomorrow. of Mexico, way out into the Pacific. There's an island there. Weird stuff happened and hey, I'm down with that. Be, you'd be fascinated. That sounds with right it. up my alley. You really find yourself on your phone, like zooming in on ocean space, mm-hmm. that's like one of the one of your things. Yeah, big time. I mean, <laughs> like, is it not yours? Like, I don't understand how people are not so curious. The same thing with space. Like, I just can't get enough of it. Like, what do you mean you don't know what's out there? I need to know. Can I Google eight hundred conspiracy theories about the universe? All right, Google I'm gonna space. S- I'm going to spend my time doing that. Google. Think about Google Space. Wait, is Google Space a thing? No, but it should be. Well, why and you not? could zoom in on a planet and hit the wiki thing. But see, they haven't discovered. Smart. They don't know enough about planets yet. That's the problem. Well, you, you could do it and then just have that be like your thing. Okay, I just patented it. Google, <laughs> Google Space. Is that how it works? But you think about these, I don't know if the word's metaphysical or cosmotic type things. Constantly. Cosmotic is not a word. But you know what I meant. Cosmetic is yeah. a word. Jenna. <laughs> cosmological is a word. Jenna knew what I meant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as a child, did you own a telescope? Yeah, I did actually. Oh, that's a out of the blue question. Boy, it goes into space. It yeah. stares into space. This is true. Um, we had a lake house uh, in upstate New York. My dad did. And it was like a little tiny little lake. And we would just, you know, super clear because there's no lights or anything Uh out there. And we would just sit out there and stare at the stars. Like, I don't know, like a whole lot more than like any other eight-year-old about stars. But we would just sit there and I'm like, what do you think that is? Like, we don't know. A star? A star. (laughs) With the telescope. With the telescope. So My was brother it, would use it to spy on the people across the lake, but I liked the stars. You pointed it up. And the moon. Really? Yeah. So no. did you have the charts and stuff? No, I don't have any of that. We just oh. had a telescope. My dad's a chemist, so we were like a little bit nerdy. Okay. A, an actual chemist. Yes. And you guys used to be engineers, right? Yeah, we did. But what? My, my brother's an engineer. Oh, he is? He's a material science engineer for uh, Hewlett Packard in... Albany, Oregon. Really? Uh-huh. Material science. Yeah. I got an industrial engineering degree. Civil engineering. But chemical, I mean, the chemistry 101, that was, uh, I, I still have stress dreams about that class. <laughs> oh, man. I, was I tra- still, when, if, I have a, if I have a stress dream about being back in college and not being somewhere on time, it's a, it's a chem 101 exam. Yeah. So your, your father, what was his name? Or is Tom, his name? Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. He fostered this kind of geekiness into you. Like, here, take this telescope, well, Jenna. Just, yeah, just for like science and things like that. Not so much math. 
Math was like, you know, you get to math and you're like, wait, I don't want to do this. I just want to like put rocks in a rock tumbler all day. Uh-oh. Oh, now you're no. talking. Now you're, right? Boy, Jenna. This you've, is crazy. Now you've really done it. Did Uh-oh. I open Pandora's box? That's Link's thing. Link's thing is the rock tumbler. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't get that this far in the weird. stocking. <laughs> you, you're like, who knew that Jenna Marbles was the perfect intersection of Rhett and Link? <laughs> well, we, have a way of making, we have a way of making things about ourselves. Really, that's why <laughs> yeah. we have to do these two-on-one interviews. I'm a because p- we have to outnumber the guests. We've talked about my rock tumbler experience as a child on multiple Ear Biscuits. I <laughs> really? Yes, we have. That, he was obsessed with the rock tumbler. I had a telescope. I pointed it at my neighbor's house, but I also had a rock tumbler. Yeah, that thing was awesome. It was boss, except they would come with the rocks that you're supposed to put in the tumbler. And mm-hmm. then they come out all shiny and they're like, oh, this is great. And then, you know, naturally as a kid, you're like, well, what else can I put in the rock tumbler? And so it's just all your stuff ends up a in the frog. rock tumbler. Yeah. It just gets really <laughs> weird. No living things wound up okay, in my rock good. tumbler. That's good. Well, that's because you're a girl. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> God. I would have put a frog in there, but I didn't have one. So uh, tell us more about growing up, Jenna. You had the. You had the telescope in at the lake house experience mm-hmm. with your brother and your dad. Is that where you lived? That no. was like a summer house kind of thing? Yeah, it was like a summer house kind of thing. And um, it was like an hour and a half away from Rochester. So I grew up in upstate New York. Okay, yeah. um, brutal winters, mm-hmm. like really snowy. Because um, we not only had, you know, we're up north, but we would get lake effect snow, which is like all the water accumulates over the lake. And then just dumps on your city. So I think this is a big lake. What lake are we talking about? Uh, lake Ontario. Oh, so one of the great ones. Right. And um, so, like, I think Buffalo got it the worst because it would go over the length of the la- of the lake, but we just got like the width of the lake, which was not as bad. But they were like Canada storms that would dump on us. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd go to the lake house and fish and do all that stuff. So like ice fishing. When mm, we wouldn't wouldn't go in the winter that much. We would only go a couple times. I think we tried ice fishing, and then my dad decided it was way too dangerous for little ones. You have to like cut the ice; like right. it gets intense. Like, yeah, I, I'm not interested. I don't like being cold. No, me. And either. I don't like fishing. No. What? You don't like fishing? No, I. I mean, well, if you're cold, fishing doesn't warm you up. <laughs> I don't like waiting. It doesn't. That's true. You do have to have patience. You know, I'll do one of those farms. One of those fish farms. It's cheating. You know, well, you go in there like, I'll do one of those I, fish barrels with a gun. I can't miss. Give me a net and like give me a, a pond full of salmon or something. Oh I'll be God. I'm into that. Okay. What was there um, the, the entertainment spirit kind of starting to bubble up no. at that point? Class clown type scenario? Was any of that no, going on? Not at all. Really? No, not at all. So how were you? How how were I? How, how were you? Oh, how, um, terrified of authority. Um, just wanted to uh, go to school and get my homework done. I wanted to make my parents proud and uh, get out of Rochester was like my number one goal. I just wanted to leave the miserable town of Rochester. And, and, and why did you want to leave and what did you think you were going to go to? Well, like when I applied for colleges uh, – I brought my list of schools into my counselor and he like laughed and he was like, these are all safe schools. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. All I want to do is just go anywhere that's a city because Rochester is so like nothing's happening. Like we would party in like fields, like there's (laughs) nothing going on. Bonfires. Yes, exactly. Um, And I just wanted a relatively small school because I was, I just wanted a small class, you know? Um, 
So that's all that I really wanted. And looking back, I mean, Rochester's not a bad place. It's a great place, but not for somebody that's like itchy and wants city and hustle and bustle. So that's all I wanted. And I got into every school that I applied to (laughs) and I chose Suffolk and that's in Boston. So... M- more of more of the same in college kind of it's kind of like this the sequel of high school for you you're not we're not into this you becoming an entertainer yet still right no i i never thought that my life would be anything like this like i had a different life plan you know um college for me was very much like i don't know the, the, the way that i was raised i there's a lot of strong women that surround me in my life and my family and like who who do you mean uh well, my mom's sister, uh, she was an Emmy winner for broadcast journalism. Really? Um, my other aunt, she's actually my grandma's sister. She worked in the Library of Congress for years and years and years. I don't know what it's called, but uh, whatever the head of copyright during like the Napster years, wow. she was in the Library of Congress. Like these people, they don't take any from anybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, that explains why your most viral video has... Uh, copywritten song underneath it. <laughs> like, how does she get away with that? We got some never going to give you up under there. I don't know how that happened. It, well, it's your aunt. Oh, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I she, don't know. she pulled some strings for you. She's you insane. just gave us the answer. You can deny it now, but we know. I really don't even know that my aunt knows how to use YouTube. <laughs> she's okay. like 70. Well, I didn't want to derail you from the <laughs> from the strong women. Yeah. Yeah. I, for college, I, you know, Education was really, really, really important to me, um, and that's why I went on to graduate school because my education was not done. You know, I got my bachelor's degree, and mm-hmm. I was like, um, so I don't feel comfortable being an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I need to keep learning some things. Uh, so I put all my eggs in one basket, and I applied to one graduate school because I was like, if I get in, great, and if I don't, I'm not going, like— uh, they took 13 people a year, and it was the Boston University sports psychology program because my identity was so ingrained in this, like, sports and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's so difficult to let that part of you die, like, to mm-hmm. ever see a different part of your life. You can't imagine yourself without it. Like, who am I? I have no idea. I've been doing this my entire right. life. Um, so I chose sports psychology, and I got in. And One I, of 13? Yeah. A year bananas and uh I got in I went and I met my advisor and I would say really like I started getting really goofy in college um but not in any sort of entertainment way but like grad school and after grad school is when (laughs) got goofy (laughs) like really goofy how so give us a for instance um well, I was the youngest person in my graduate school program, and I felt sort of like I was—I had my big girl pants on. And I was trying to be like all these other adults, you know, like mm-hmm. like oh, we're going to be professionals in our field and blah blah blah. I felt like I was being myself, but just a really stuffy, boring version of myself. I needed to let my butterfly go. So, what did that? Where did the <laughs> butterfly go to? Um. Well, I through a series of events, wound up working a bunch of part-time jobs, which was like a tanning salon. I was go-go dancing, which is the best part-time job ever, and I highly recommend it to anyone. Explain the mechanics of that. So, Like the dancing mechanics? 
Yeah, you, a lot of twerking <laughs> is, one, is one thing that happens, I think. Um, you're basically hired either by a club or a promoter or someone to come and, like, dance on a stage or, like, a box or in a cage, like, depending on the venue. <laughs> Are that, you doing stage, box, or cage tonight, <laughs> boss? <laughs> now, I think it's worth noting that um, you weren't doing sports psychology, right? No, I was not. So, okay, so I've you, never you, worked in my so, field. But you got your degree, though. Correct. You got your degree, and then, I mean, we kind of skipped over that. What? Why didn't you get a job in sports psychology? Well, I tried. Uh, a friend of mine wanted to move to Texas, and uh, I was down because there's great sports psychology jobs there, um, especially in the military, like using biofeedback and things like that. Um, and I was like, you know what? That sounds great. And then she bailed on me like the last minute. She was like, you know, I'm not going to move to Texas. And at that point, I had like, you know, told my landlord I'm moving out. Mm. Like, she just doesn't really understand the consequences of things right. sometimes. God love her. <laughs> um, so we didn't speak for like a year. Like I was thor- thoroughly convinced that she had destroyed my life, mm. my education, like everything I'd worked for. Um, because there's not really a whole lot of sports psychology jobs in Boston. So that was the fork in the road to Tanny Salon and Go-Go Dancer. Correct. I was putting food on my table, keeping a roof over my head at all costs because, uh, I don't know, not that I have anything against people that do this, but it was never an option for me to be anything but financially taking care of myself, you know, right. like, oh, Jenna, you can move home was never a conversation that anybody had. Like, it's just not a choice. Like, you're an adult. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, I busted my ass to do whatever I could to just feed myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not the most fun thing in the world when, you know, you look at your degrees and you you have nothing to show for it. Mm. You have no job. You're literally cleaning people's sweat out of a tanning bed while they treat you like some big, dumb, blonde idiot at your job. And it's just infuriating. You yeah. know what I mean? And I just felt like I had worked so hard and it sort of got thrown away for a lot of different reasons. And it's interesting because there's that scene at the end of that first huge video where you're like crying, holding your degrees. Yeah. That it seems like that was a very top of mind thing for a number of years that I have this plan. Mm -hmm. I have these degrees, but it's not, it's not happening, but at least I'm going to embrace it for comedy in this video. So connect the dots to that first video. Um, well, I was working at a blog called BarstoolSports.com, and I was sort of just as a, I started as a promo model because, you know, inappropriate pictures and then inappropriate dancing uh, turns into like you stand and hold like liquor bottles and promote things for people. Um, so I got a job as his uh, a promo model for the owner, Dave Pornoy. And then so he saw you go go dancing. He's and I think he like, found pictures of me. Um, and he was like, I had done a little bit of promo work in the past and Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, can you fill in last minute for this thing? And, uh, I never realized in, this is going to sound terrible, but like in the world of like pretty girls that get paid to be pretty girls, Mm -hmm. just being on time and then not being crazy (laughs) is like a really big asset. 
And I was like, <laughs> right. okay, I can do this. Cause you know, it's just whether they mean to or not, there's like people's boyfriends that come in and they start a fight and they're, or they're just late or they don't show up or then they don't, they're mean to customers or they mm-hmm. don't talk. I'm like, it's really not that hard. Like you just got to hug them and like make sure that they're having a great time. Like this is a great job. Like, no, am I alone? Um, but right. I, I do think you have to be at least in the right mindset in order to do that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, know that it's your job to just stand there and do stuff and, and look cute and make sure that people are having fun. Um, but then he called me one day and was like, do you want to be my assistant and like help me do stuff? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because it was, you know, one of the first times I was going to be able to have one job, like, and not yeah. go to 20 jobs and not work through the night every night. And then that turned into a writing gig at the blog and he really helped me like find my, you know, voice and that sort of thing. And um What were you writing about? It started off as like a guest blog on his blog. So his blog is sports and hot girls and viral uh web material and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh he would just have me sort of write little blogs about anything just from a girl perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh he came down into my office one day and was like, You can write? And I'm like, What do you mean I can write like I went to school. <laughs> like, what do you mean? But I guess that shocked him. So, um, yeah, I got to write for them for a little while. And one day I was going home from that job, from that office, and I still needed to go go dance later that night because I was still doing that because that was the most fun of all my jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I genuinely enjoyed it. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, I'm tired of people introducing themselves to me during the day and then introducing themselves to me later that night because they have no idea that I'm the same person. Like, I looked so completely different. And I understand, like, the the gender norm, that sort of thing. Like, the, you're a girl and you look a certain way and that means this sort of thing or whatever. But I very much play into it. I do that. I, I put myself in all this makeup and whatever to look like a different person to do things like in order to make a living right now. It's a joke. It sucks. I hate it. You know what I mean? Um, So I was like, I'm just going to record myself getting ready and uh, just make it a video. And like, that was one of the most confusing times of my life. And there's been many times since then. And since some other big videos, like I'll make something ridiculously funny that people really respond to in one of the weirdest, like, most confusing points in my life. And I'm like, what does this mean? Does it mean if I'm happy that I can't make good content? Like, this sucks. Um, okay, so it's in, the, in the video was, just in case you happen to not know what she's talking about, is the how to make yourself Yeah, how to trick people into thinking you're good looking. And um, so you're saying that during the day, at that point in your life, you were not very made up. You, no, you, you, you were I would making just go into an office. For the... For the night job. Correct. And you made the video for what? Were you watching YouTube videos and you're like, I can do that too? What was the outlet? Um, In college, I was using YouTube as a way to bypass the fact that my computer didn't have a CD burner on it, but I didn't realize that it was a like a social media thing. Mm. So I was uploading just dumb videos that I could then send the link to my friends or if it was a school project that I could, you know, access from the classroom instead of burning a CD because I didn't have a CD burner. Um, But I didn't realize that it was a thing. So for this one, I'm going to make this video, I'm going to put it on YouTube to send to friends or? Yes, to send to friends. The first thing I did was put it on Facebook. Like it but was you, for but Facebook. you had a, uh-huh. but it was the Jenna Marbles, uh, 
channel name at that point, right? Right. Yes. It wasn't your first video. No. You, you had other videos, and it was already called Jenna Marbles. Yeah. I had another channel before that. It was called Mori 66 which is... Bowling, just bowling. St- <laughs> it's still alive. There's stuff there. Um, but yeah, people were like, oh, you know, she's only been a YouTuber since 2009. Like, I had another channel. I had to change my last name because my mom was yelling at me that uh, it was ruining her Google searches that I was using the word Mori, which is our real last name. And she was like, you got to change this weird stuff you're putting on the internet with your name. Like, it's ruining my Google searches. I'm trying to get a job. Like She was like switching jobs at that point. It was ruining potential employers Google searching her. Her, Correct. She was like, if you search Deborah Mori, like some of your stuff comes up and I don't like it. I'm like, and and what right. were you doing in those videos that she was, that she didn't like? Uh, nothing really, I don't think. It was just like, you know, dumb stuff with my dog or uh, pictures of me at go-go dancing or something where the it's just not something you want an employer to see. Um, so, yeah. And so... You change it to Jenna Or they marbles. may hire your mom thinking they're going right? to get one thing and get another. <laughs> I think she's a go-go dancer, guys. <laughs> Let's bring Deborah her in. Um, so so uh, how did you come up with Jenna Marbles? Marbles is my dog's name. Okay, so Marbles was the dog's name. It mm-hmm. wasn't Marbles is named after. Jenna Kermit doesn't sound quite as good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Kermit came later. People get mad about that. They're like, how come you don't show Kermit any love? I'm like, Kermit gets plenty of love, okay? Like, relax. So um, you put the video up. Yeah. And you just put it on Facebook for your friends. And then how quickly did this thing blow up? Well, by the time I got to my go-go dancing job later that night, people were like, we saw that. And I'm like, oh, I just posted it. Like, like I didn't even watch it after I posted it. Like, that's crazy. And then later that weekend, um, I clicked on the video Sunday morning. And I saw that it had like 750,000 views. And that's when I started to mm-hmm. get like hot in the face and like oh my god this is more than my friends like i don't know these people uh this is pretty nerve-wracking so i made it a point to call my mom and i was like mom i put something on the internet i swore in it and uh a lot of people have watched it and she sort of like nervously laughed like i don't think she knew what to expect by that sentence and uh, I was like, no, I'll send it to you and you can look at it. And she just started. And the main reason, the whole I swore in it part, yeah. was that why you told her? Because you knew she was going to see it and you didn't want her to think you were swearing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I was just sort of telling her what it was the best that I could, um, just so she was prepared for the words that came out of my mouth. We weren't really allowed to swear growing up. Um, so maybe that's why I like to swear. I feel like I'm getting away with stuff. <laughs> Um, but she watched it and she like giggled and I'm like, good, we're all good then. We're, we're great now because as long as you laugh and think it's funny, then I have no worries. You know what I mean? So you got it straightened out with your mom. She, she, she she was okay with it. But what were you thinking at the time? I mean, another week passed and how many more views came along and what, and what was, you know? It was a lot. It was few million i mean it, by the end of that weekend it had hit like a million which was like i posted on a friday night and it was like sunday it was like a million views um so i did i was like nervous and uh but i wanted to just keep making videos because i just had a lot of things in my head that i wanted to make um but i didn't know what to do like you can't wrap your head around a million views when that happens you're like what does this mean i 
what do you mean a million people? Like, I think the most people I've ever seen in my life is like 50,000, right. you know, and then your brain's just like, what, what, what is this? I don't know. And and it's also, you know, having talked to a lot of people here on Ear Biscuits who all of a sudden their their YouTube stardom kind of just was, was overnight. Yeah. You know, you have different stories. There might be someone who tr- was trying over and over and over again, and yeah. then one thing popped. For you, it was kind of like, oh, I've got this idea. This is my outlet. Oh, I'll post it for my friends. And then that weekend, it gets a million views. Um, what kinds of things were running through your head in terms of, is this life-changing? Were you thinking things like that? <laughs> well, no. I wasn't thinking about if it was life-changing because at that point, I was so working for the blog. I was working for Barstool Sports. And... um his reaction to the video, he put it on his website. And uh, his reaction to that was, well, you know, you're, let's give you your own blog. Like, let's give you a girl version of this blog. And, you know, I was sort of confused. Like, well, don't you think I should just make more videos? Like, that would be cool, right? And he's like, no, you can do that all you want. But I want you to write a girl version of our blog. And um, so I did. And I thought it was going to be great and fun. And it was for a while, but it just didn't have... The traction behind it the way that the video had yeah. and so at that point so it, he'd redirected you you didn't make another video i started i like made a couple um but i was you know took maybe six months off from making content after that first video um wow, six months something like that because i was writing the girl version of his blog for about six months and it's, you know, it's not a good financial investment for him to keep funneling money into my website that's not getting millions and millions of views yeah. like he had hoped off of this video. Um, so we sort of parted ways and then I was... Was he telling you not to do another video? Oh, or, no, he or, was... Or you were just too busy? I was busy blogging to any blogger in the world. That thing is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like... Oh, just never ends, nonstop, 24-7. But you didn't want to do that. You wanted to make more videos. You guys parted ways, and then you started doing it. I'm yeah, curious, then I picked it back up again. Did Were you surprised at the audience that you started to gather around you? Yes. In what way? I did not know how young they were. <laughs> what were you, yeah, what, what, what did you think, and then how did you figure out who who it was? Well, coming from the blogging background, which was the demographic was the older drinking of drinking age male. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the people that followed me to YouTube. But then the other people that were watching me, mm-hmm. I was like, "How old are you? Like this doesn't make any sense." Like you'd click on someone's channel that had commented on your video, and you're like, "But you're like 13. Like I swore I like drank in this video. Like what do you mean you can watch this? Like where are your parents?" But Totally not the point because kids can watch whatever they want and they do. Um, I was surprised that they were young and that they were identifying with what I was saying because I've never really tried to address being a teenager or like being a young person. Like I've I've talked about some of those topics, but I don't like make them for teenagers. You know. But when you found out that you did have a large teenage and very large female, female. audience too, the majority. Yes. Um, did did that change anything about no. the way you thought about your content? No, if anything, it just felt like more fun because when you're performing like a thing and you think or know that the opposite sex is watching, sometimes it gets a little nerve wracking. You're like, well, this makes me uncomfortable. But when you know it's like 13 year old girls, you're like in the trust tree in the nest. Like these are my boo-boos. These are my internet friends. Like all they want to do is like talk to you and be your friend. 
and it felt really, really, really good. It was a much more satisfying feeling to me to know that my audience was female girls as opposed to 25-year-old men. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if if you knew that your audience... It wasn't as creepy. It wasn't as creepy, and it felt like there was way less pressure, honestly. But you also said that, you know, your initial reaction was, whoa, I I was swearing and I was drinking in the videos... That was your first thought. It was kind of like going back to the mom thing where you said, Mom, I I swore in this video. Right. It seems that you were at the same time kind of having that that reaction to these younger girls watching your video, but it did that didn't translate into you change you altering your content. Right. So what was kind of going on in your mind at that point? It seemed like there was there had to have been a, a decision to be made. What do you mean, to not change my content? Yeah. Well, honestly... Since you were surprised. I was surprised. But what I liked about it was that I was staying true to myself. And someone like that seemed maybe too young to me could get something out of it of value. So who am I to say that you're too young to be watching this and that because the people that are watching me are of a certain age that I should do something different or more appropriate? Like, it's not my place... If you want to watch my video, that's your thing. And if they take something from that that maybe a parent would feel is inappropriate, then they're going to get that information or material somewhere else. Like, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I, I I can only be myself. I can't talk about things that don't matter to me. Um, and, you know, making fake content that I think that someone would want to watch just feels ridiculously fake and stupid to me. I just do you, can't. Do you think that that perspective and, uh, you know, that authenticity that you bring to it is the reason that you're the number one female on, on YouTube and <laughs> and in and, and the top, you know, three of everyone? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea why my channel is where it is. I It's an incredible amount of luck and a lot of it's like a recipe of a lot of things that happen um i i like to think that maybe it's because people can relate to me and i can only keep it real you know what i mean i can't i can't do brand deals i can't do like the super fake collaborations not that there's anything wrong with the people that can successfully do those i just can't force something you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I can only stay true to myself. And when when people, you know, are stuffing their pockets with money for these brand deals, I'm like, I can't do it. It doesn't feel right. I would literally sit on the screen and be like, drink such and such product because they're paying me and, and I'm like sucking my soul out right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it would be the fakest promotion you've ever seen in your life. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't. So I, I hope that people think that I'm genuine because I am. And well, if you get any of those, if people approach you for brand deals, you don't want to do them. Just send them to us. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it never gets easy to say no, though. It never does because I always want to say yes. Well, but no, I'm, and I think I'm that, a terrible liar. Well, but you know, and I do think that there is a, uh, and, and I'm not, and this is not to defend guys like us who do a lot of brand deals, but I do think there's a there's a difference in your content because. Agreed. Your content is, uh, is, is so this is kind of a two, it's an observation and a question. Your content is is you. Right, right, correct. So we do com- content that is us, but we do a lot of content that's performance-based or scripted or music videos or whatever, and sponsorship kind of feels a little bit different in that context. Yeah. But, you know, it, I think that when your content is so much you, uh, when you're a vlogger, yeah, 
uh, people are coming to to you. They're coming for you. Right. So if if you don't know, you, you say it's a recipe of a lot of different things, but what it. What do you think people are coming back for? Because they're coming back for something and they keep coming back because you obviously you're not a flash in the pan. You weren't one viral video. Uh, you're, you're in this. You've been in this for a long time with no signs of, of slowing down. I mean, what are, what, what are people coming back for? I don't know. It beats me. It beats me. All I know is that when I meet people in person, it's we have like a it's a connection. You know what I mean? They feel like they know me and they do know a lot of me. They know everything that I'm willing to put on camera, which is a lot. And um, I'm I'm more than happy to hug and spend time with anybody that feels that connection with me. And I always feel it back. Always like they literally just want to have a conversation with you. And that's Mm -hmm. it. And that makes them very happy. And that makes me very happy. So I think it might be the fact that these people, you know, really feel like they know me. And it's because they they do a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they're, they've grown up with me a lot. I've grown up in a lot of ways. And yeah. So your audience, you give them the real you. They know you. They have that connection. But it, is there a a sense of isolation when you become as popular as you are? I mean, maybe on a on a personal level? For sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's a lot of, it's like something that a lot of people don't really talk about how lonely it is when you work alone in your house all the time. And um, it, that's why I was late today. And thank you very much for letting me be late because one of the only things that I do is leave the house to go lift really heavy stuff every day. And it's really important to me. Um, because you're like, work for a moving company, (laughs) No, like deadlifts, (laughs) okay, like pushups and stuff. Um, it's really, really important to me for my sanity to make sure that I get out of the house once a day and to make sure that I make human real contact with other people every day. And, um, you know, it's really easy to not take care of yourself, like to go a little bit crazy, to have like weird internet hours, which always turns into like the dark internet corner hours at like two in the morning, like, where am I? Um, because I don't, I'm not married, don't have kids. Like I don't have this sort of like innate family structure. It's like me. Mm-hmm. So like when you're depending on yourself to sort of like create your life, sometimes you're just like, whatever, we're just going to do anything that I want. And then it just, you don't mm-hmm. have any structure. Right. You know, um, my Wednesday videos keep me honest. Um, but then the rest of it is sort of just like when my brain allows me to like put myself out there, I put myself out there. But it is lonely. And I'm not sure if it has anything to do with the level of popularity because I felt just as lonely and isolated in Boston when I lived there. Um, I moved out here like two, three years ago, three years ago, I think, Mm -hmm. because I sort of thought like, oh, well, here's all these people that do the same thing as me and I'm alone in Boston and everybody works in finance and doesn't understand what I do. (laughs) Mm. Um, But but now doing this, even your closest relationships by default become the most public. Yes. You know, I mean, you went through a very public breakup. I did. And so, I mean, what's well, your... not that public. It's not like <laughs> You didn't film the whole God thing. God awful. Yeah, I mean, but people did know that that was a thing, yeah. Because because you got, you know, you had a relationship, you guys were in each other's videos, and, I mean, it was, then when that ended, 
there were I mean there were there were tweets flying back and forth. You're, yes. you're telling us, okay, I don't have a lot of people in my life personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when the closest people are on display. Yes. It's very, very hard. So, I mean, when it, with the Max situation, how did you deal with that? How did that feel to you? want you? the honest answer? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> We're going to go there. All right. This is Ear Biscuits. Um, ear Biscuits. <laughs> um, when Max and I broke up, it was like, I'm sure Max is going to kill me if he ever hears this because I'm not... I'm he not doesn't, he's he doesn't not, listen to this. We'll, we'll, we'll put a block on his IP address. He won't, yeah, he'll never, he'll no, never no, 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 he wouldn't. Um, we're in a good place now. But uh, our breakup was like a long time coming. It, it, We had like a, we met each other when I was 21 and he was like 22. And uh, it started off on the wrong foot. We didn't really trust. He was dating everyone and I was dating another guy. And, you know, it just sort of started this like, fling level like sure whatever you're cool you're cool like I like you like I like you and then a couple years later we like moved in together it was like a very adult relationship and um we moved to LA together and he quit his job for me he worked in real estate development and he was really good at it and he has this great education and great family, and I think, you know, I can't speak for them, but I imagine they're sort of like, well, what are you doing? Like, why are you quitting this great job that you've worked so hard for? And it was because we were in love and blah, blah, blah. But And he was with you before, during, and after the— Yeah, we were together for like almost five years. So he was there with me through everything. Mm -hmm. Like, he was my rock, you know? And um, we moved to L.A., and— he sort of just helped me and you know as anyone would it's sort of like well why do you get to have this cool life and I'm just over here like helping you like this doesn't make any sense and Max is more than smart and capable and funny and he was a great sounding board for me to bounce ideas off of but in our personal relationship like we had a lot of issues that never just never got resolved from when we started and there's a lot of hurt like a lot of distrust a lot of pain and it was so frustrating to me to look back and see some of like my best content came out of his time and I was like so sad like really sad really really in love but we just had sort of like a bad romance at the time you know and it needed to end one way or another and it ended (laughs) and I got obliterated drunk for two weeks straight (laughs) Long story short, the way that I dealt with that was incredibly immature, but it was like I really felt like I just could not be in my brain space. And I woke up after two weeks, basically, of just being an idiot. I was like on chat roulette, like hit my friends, like, yeah, we just got, can you come over, man? Like, let's hang out. I got to get drunk. And um, I woke up and I was like, what am I doing? Like, something terrible is going to happen to me if I keep doing this. Like, I have to pull myself together, you know. But I had uploaded, like, a video of extras. Like, I was trying anything because when you have this, like, horrible hole in your heart, you're like, how in the world can I possibly be funny at this Mm. moment? I can't be entertaining. I can't think about anything other than just trying to make it through the day. So you didn't upload any videos. You 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 tried to republish some extra content just to keep 
I did. And Your I, fans at bay. I did, and I said it in the video. I didn't address it immediately. I addressed it about a month later when I told people that we had broken up because I needed to give myself, a, like, at least a month to calm down from, like, saying anything that I would really regret or um, that would hurt me or hurt him because it's he had started making YouTube videos at that point. Right. So— you know, I had never dated someone that did something that wasn't like a, a regular person job. Like, mm. you know, if you break up, then you break up and whatever. But this was the first time that I was like, I can't say something. All I have is my voice and my genuineness. And I can't, I just need to, for my own sake and for his sake, just be quiet for a little bit. And it's really hard for me to be quiet. Um, but that was really, really hard for me to just address my audience and say, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't feel good this week and I, I, I'm really sorry. I just got to put up some extras and I didn't say what it was about. And it, that was really, really difficult for well, me. Well, and an interesting thing about that too, is that there, there are a lot of vloggers, um, uh, who will share about new relationships, uh, existing relationships, ended relationships. Uh, now that a lot of times isn't very entertaining and, and you are, very entertaining, and 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 I think <laughs> well, you, you 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 think about uh, your audience. So you weren't like, you know what? I'm going through this very difficult time. I'm going to leverage this for content that will be connecting to my audience. Because what I hear uh, kind of underneath all that is the mentality is, I'm really here to entertain my audience. Not right. that you, not that you're putting on a show for them. You're you're being authentic, but you are performing in one sense. I mean, you're a comedian, Correct. right? And yeah. so you were like, uh, I don't ha- the comedy's not coming because of what I'm going through right now. Yeah. As opposed to actually making a, a video about the breakup, I like, couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, so to, talk about that process. Do you think I it's do you cannot. think it's just your, the generation that you're from? You know, maybe if you were 17, you would you, you would uh, have have blogged, vlogged about that, or I guess maybe. I mean, I can't say for sure, but all I do know is that had I experienced any of this YouTube or internet thing at a younger age. Is that my phone? Jeez. I, that's not my ring. <laughs> I'm not sure that I would be able to handle something like that. I feel like because I started as an adult and I'm still an adult, that I can handle sort of like thinking about this in an appropriate way. Like, what's an appropriate way to do this? Um, not that 17 and, you know, we just broke up and I hate this person and whatever. Not that that's inappropriate. I just think that maybe as an adult, I didn't see that as an option. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It, it just didn't It didn't feel right. I didn't want to. Um, and it's only been as of like recently that I guess I've even, you know, said anything about it because I had put Max out there and Max put himself out there because I was out there yeah. and he saw how incredibly rewarding and amazing it can be. So he wanted to. Um, but you did make a decision at some point to let him have it in a couple of tweets. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. I was mad that day. <laughs> and that, but that was later. It was. It was much later. It was much later. Um, I was really, really mad that day. <laughs> well, based on what you tweeted, it sounds like, you know, that you were justified <laughs> but I mean, I'm just reading a couple of tweets. I don't know the whole story. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's not that I want you to go into the rest right. of the story. I, I just found it interesting that yeah. you know you kind of had this. Okay, I'm going to be professional about this. We're just parting ways. But then there's this. You gave him one last. I did jab. I did. 
And uh, if you ask him, that's not what happened. Um, but uh, that's a gray area. That's a gray area of what happened there and what I said and what he says. But, I mean, there's two people in a relationship. And I guess this one particular thing or lots of things or anything, I, I felt very differently about and I felt strongly about, and I was very angry um, in the past. I, I guess I've let it go at this point, but I, I was angry at the fact mm. that, you know, he had a YouTube channel. I was like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. You didn't figure out your life. You figured out my life. And I was yeah. like, that's not fair. Um, but I've stepped back from that because Max has a lot to offer as a human being because, I mean, I was in love with a kid for five years. I'm still in love with him. will always be in love with him. But, like— who am I to say that you can't be on the internet or that that should yeah. make me mad because that's a very childish thing to do because I have always thought there's enough room on the internet for everyone. Like everyone, everyone has a place. Anyone can just do a thing and have that be awesome. Like it was stupid of me to even be mad about, but I was very, very mad for a long time, but I'm in a better place. <laughs> well, let's talk about, let's talk about the better place that, that you're at right now. Yeah. Uh, kind of, uh, Tying back into this this idea of moving out to to L.A., thinking that okay, maybe I'm going to be a part of uh, this community, sounds like that didn't necessarily pan out. It wasn't like all of a sudden you had a bunch of friends who were YouTubers or whatever who mm. you you were in a relationship with Max. That ended, mm -hmm. and then um, now you're in another relationship. <laughs> I guess I've never admitted that, but yes, yes, I. Am. And yes. that wasn't that wasn't somebody you met at a that wasn't a YouTuber you met at a, a YouTube party. No, 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 it's not. He's uh... tell us about Julian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you guys are so embarrassing! <laughs> um, what? I mean, he's in your videos. Julian is awesome. Julian it's... is very, very, very awesome. Um, How did you guys meet? Julian worked at the bar up the street from my house, and. Max and I actually met him while we were together. So, oh, really? So Max is not very fond of Julian, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I don't think Julian's very fond of Max, but we're all adults. Um, but uh, Julian's freaking awesome. He's really, really awesome. And um, he was there for me for a lot of things. And so I'm very grateful. So, I mean, are you guarded now because of the whole max thing being on display is is i mean i guess that's what's behind you being so guarded at this point but there's yeah. only so much you can do I know. you are on display i, I mean am. this is difficult i know it, well here's the thing is that i'm more guarded for the people that watch my videos than i am about myself i'm obviously willing to put myself out there uh max was to some extent so is julian um it's not me that I'm concerned about. It's the the people that get so attached to this person. Mm. And then they are very upset about us breaking up. Yeah. So I want to make sure because I, it's not something that's safe for me to assume because I'm willing to put myself out there that anyone that I'm with is willing to be put out there because, you know, my family and that sort of thing, friends, like they're not all comfortable being in a vlog or being in an Instagram picture. Yeah. They don't right. want to. I mean, we don't put our wives in our videos. Right. right. They, not everyone wants to be out there. So I try to be mindful of that. And I also want to test a relationship to a certain point where if, if someone's comfortable with it and they want to, then you can do whatever you want. You can be in here. Am I going to 
openly promote someone the way that I did with Max? Maybe not. Maybe I have learned my lesson from that much. Um, but people know who Julian is. People know that we've been dating. Um, I just try and be careful, I guess, for other people and for the person that I'm dating, you know? Right. You're trying to uh, make it as uncomplicated as as a relationship can be. Correct. Um, speaking of being guarded, I was just curious, in terms of video content, is there something you've ever regretted talking about or doing? Oh, um, well, I did make the, you know, quote unquote, slut shaming video that people were very upset about. Um, I don't regret anything, but, uh. I wish I had done a better job explaining. Well, t- tell that us about video. that video and, and just kind of summarize the, the content. Well, um, my goal in making that video was I mean, as you guys know, a lot of times you get reminded that you have social responsibility to these people that watch your videos. You can't just like, you know, do whatever you want and then have not some like a bunch of people be like, you have an audience, like you mm-hmm. have a platform. Like, why aren't you doing anything to? help people. And I really wanted to make that video because I was just, I felt very saturated. I have my entire life with this like sexy sex thing going on. And then it's really cool to just like be sexually liberated. And I wish I had put a disclaimer on that video. Like if you're, you know, college and above or high school and above, and you're very comfortable with your sexuality, like, please go do that. Like, I'm not trying to shame anyone that is an adult and knows like how they feel about their body and other people's bodies and that sort of thing. I was making it more so for the young girls that, you know, are told on a regular basis, like, it's really cool to just sleep around and do whatever you want and just have coochie and ass and it's all over the place. What I, And what's the video called? Uh, things I don't understand about girls, the slut edition. <laughs> and people have a problem with that word. Um, and I defined it in the beginning as, as not, not the girl that's like, uh, you know, sleeps with a lot of people or that girl's really confused. It's just the girl where you're just like, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And people are very, they are mad at that. But I, that's, in my brain, that's what that is. And Well, it's ironic to me that I imagine you, you get a lot of criti- criticism for uh, not taking advantage of your, your platform and being a positive influence on young women. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that this was your video where you were trying to do that. I was, and it was trying, taking... and it went horribly wrong. Um, it was awful. I literally, I got crucified for saying the words I did in that video. People took that as uh, me victim blaming and saying uh, that if you get raped or an STD, that it's your fault. I mean, I was just so taken aback at the things that people responded to that and hurt and upset. And it's totally, I will not delete a video just on principle. Um, but I was so upset that that's what people left that video feeling because what I wanted people to hear, because I, I try and be entertaining, try and talk about something that is important to me, uh, to just give the message that I think monogamy is cool. And, you know, if you're a 13 year old girl and we're having an honest conversation around a dinner table that 
I think that you're cool if you like one person and you don't have sex with a lot of people just because I know that you get told that by your friends and by people that you look up to on a regular basis. And just that I think that you're cool just the way that you are. And if you like one person, I'm down with that. I like that. Like, cool. Good for you. So did you make a follow up video where you just kind of. No, I didn't. I never did because I I was just so appalled and the response videos of people telling me that I was victim shaming and slut blaming and all of this nonsense and the, the underlying theme of that was to just, I think that it's cool to do like relationships that make sense that you have emotional feelings behind and that girls should look out for each other. Like that was the other thing that people just totally glazed over. Like I, I, I described the scene where I've seen so many times where a girl is sort of just like drunk and in a corner of a party. Like you can't see, you don't know where her friends are. You maybe been watching her for a little bit. She's like passed out on the couch. Like, go help that girl. Go help that girl. Be that person. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. that you're a stranger. You're another girl. At least you're not a dude, and no offense to you dudes, but, like, I-, I would just feel so much more comfortable if I was in that situation and a girl came up to me and was like, let me help you. But because, you know, girls as creatures, we sort of have this, like, ruffle your feathers, like, girl competition. Sometimes I feel like there's a lack of that. There's a mm-hmm. lack of the empathy for the drunk girl in the corner that needs help and doesn't know where her friends are. What well, did that response, uh, things didn't go the way that you anticipated them to go. Did that make you hesitant to to make videos that have quote unquote a moral to the story? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought about it for a little bit and I'm not sure that I've gone into depth, especially in that topic. I'm going to stay off that for a little bit because it's clearly a hot button topic for people, but I feel the way that I feel about it and I don't take back what I said. I, I'm extremely um, upset and apologetic for the way that people took it. Um, that was certainly not my intention ever. Uh, but I, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to keep making content that is true to me, whether or not people agree with that. But I was upset that people took it the way that they did, for sure. Mm-hmm. It sucks, you know? Um, I also wanted to ask you, about a year ago, the Good Morning America God. interview. That lady. That. <laughs> I actually feel a little bad now because I took a shit on Cecilia Vega, tell you that much. And, and how, how did you do that? I mean. How would you characterize the interview first? Because I know that, you know, Hank Green came to your defense. Yes. A lot of people wrote did. wrote an article. Yeah. Um, so how would you characterize the interview? When I went in that interview, right, we sat down and had like a really honest conversation like we're having right now. And. Um, it seemed like it was going to be a totally different outcome. You know, you just, she had a lot of uh, questions that made sense and sounded like she had done some homework and, you know, wasn't just sort of being a jerk. And then the piece came out and she just had edited the entire thing that I was like, ridiculous and ridiculous and ridiculous and so ridiculous. And I was like, I can't believe I sat down with that woman and talked to her and like said anything of value to her. Because mm-hmm. if I knew she was going to do that, I would just sit there and give her the finger the entire time, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> so I was I was very appreciative of the support from the YouTube community. Cause so how, feel I the mean, same way. how would you say that? It made you look. I mean, for those who haven't seen it, just to characterize yeah. it in that way, when, it, you know, they edited, you yeah. know, the one question, I wish I had counted how many times you've said ridiculous. Yeah. And then they did a montage of it. Yes. 
Yes. Um, and honestly, it made you, I mean, you watching that, it's like, oh, they made me out to be what? I, um, I don't know, ridiculous, but uh, I'm not scared of, you know, sort of traditional media painting you out to be this like underground troll that like does things on the internet because anyone that's watching Good Morning America is not on the internet, so they don't really care. They're like, yeah. good to know, Cecilia Vega, thank you. Um, but anyone that knows how to use the internet is like, okay, that was kind of backhanded, like, what the yeah. heck? Um, so And so, but how, how did you respond? You said you took a on her. I did. I wrote a blog that was like, you know, this is a perfect example of traditional media not really understanding how people consume content or... Uh, want to, I don't know, live their lives <laughs> because she was rude and I didn't appreciate it. So I told her that the internet's not going anywhere and f- you, basically. <laughs> and was there ever any, any response? No, but she <clears throat> did stop tweeting for like a bunch of weeks and I was like, sick, like, f- you. She probably got hammered on Twitter. I, I think she got her. in trouble a little yeah. bit, but... um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's fine now. Just, I think she'll stay away from YouTubers. <laughs> right. Well, I- interesting thing we were talking about this is, uh, I- this is always the case, and it just it-, it always drives me crazy. But the the introduction of the of the piece mm-hmm. was Jenna Marbles, the most famous person you've never heard of, yeah, like, and, what? It, it, and and it's just that's I I don't know why traditional media continues to refer mm. to anyone who is popular in any other medium other than a traditional one in that way. Oh, you, well, we don't know, you don't know, we're introducing right. you to this YouTube celebrity. Correct. But I find it ironic, <clears throat> I got a little anecdotal evidence here, and this won't be a surprise to anybody who listens to Ear Biscuits, but I just thought in light of seeing that, the way they, they portrayed you on Good Mythical Morning, Good, Good Morning America, sorry. You should be a it guest on... Yeah, it wasn't our show. You should, yeah. you should be a guest on wanna, Good Mythical Morning. I don't want to bear the right, wrath The of... set's right over there. Was uh, when we were coming back from Playlist, and you were on the same plane mm-hmm. with us, and I don't even know the guy's name. The guy who plays Scotty in Star Trek. So, you know, a blockbuster movie that lots of people have seen. Yeah. He's also in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. He was... Yeah. One of those horse dudes. Yeah, so... <laughs> He's sitting there in the airport. No one, no one is talking to him. Mm-hmm. No one recognizes him. And then here comes Jenna Marbles, and there's like this, I guess there were cheerleaders from somewhere around. Anyway, like 30, 40 girls all of a sudden, mm-hmm. there's Jenna Marbles, there's Jenna Marbles. And, and I, I just thought, isn't that an, a, just a, a perfect picture of the reality? Mm-hmm. The reality here in the airport <laughs> right. is that everybody is, is wants to go talk to Jenna. No one's talking to Scotty from Star Trek, but on Good Morning America. And we're talking about the new Star Trek. I, no, I keep picturing <laughs> the old we're not guy. We're talking about the, the, the overweight guy with the mustache. Um, <laughs> but in traditional media, you're just the person that no one's ever heard of. Right. I, 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 how does that, when you when you saw that, you were obviously thinking about a lot of different things, but you probably have done a lot of uh, interviews and you've talked to a lot of people in, in these traditional circles. And how do you kind of deal with that perception that, oh, I am that person from the underground, the thing you don't know about? Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I just don't, I, I go in sort of assuming that they don't, they don't know who I am. They're sort of just doing it because someone's telling them to. And a lot of times that is the case. Uh, but I just try and not care because if they don't get it, it's not really my problem. I mean, it's not really my problem that it's 2014 and you don't know how the internet works. Like, I think you got some other issues coming. Like, you better figure out that internet, dick. Right. 
Well, do you do you Ooh. feel do you feel like uh, do you ever find yourself thinking maybe not you want to prove something to those people or you know we we talked to we talked to lots of people who are popular on the internet, but they they almost always are like, well, yeah, but I want to do this. Yeah, I do want to do the Jenna Marbles movie or the Jenna Marbles TV show. Uh, do you do you find yourself thinking that yeah I, you know I am more than I am more than just a someone who talks into a webcam I do want to do this this and this uh, do do you put that kind of pressure on yourself Oh no I don't I have no idea what I want to do Can I tell you how ridiculously like out of place I feel sometimes around these incredible other YouTubers that have the most amazing ideas and every like will and way to do it like they will do the like michael gallagher like the toby like these people are insane like they have so many ideas um if you sit down with hannah hart at any given moment she has 10 million ideas and i am just not one of those people i just sort of go with the flow i don't have like this list of goals i don't have things that i'm trying to do or want to do i'm just like a where the wind blows me. So I am not sure that I have anything to prove um, or that I like am consciously ever thinking that. I, I'm just like, I'm so happy just being like a, a person that's alive in the universe. And um, yeah, I'm just sort of like going wherever this goes. And if it goes somewhere really cool, not that this isn't really cool because it's really cool. If it goes somewhere else, like I'm down to go there, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so no, I don't have anything to prove and I don't have any ideas. <laughs> does does <laughs> that scare hell? you? Yes. Oh my God. When I first started, it was like Joe Penna, like Mr. Guitar Man. And you know, you look at his channel and you're like, what the hell? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like he just did like a stop motion, like the most insane thing I've ever seen. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to shut my computer now. Um, it's just crazy. It scares me that, you know, I'm not a daily vlogger. These people that work these insane hours. Olga K, would you work like 20 hours a day, every day, all the time? That's insane. And I get scared sometimes because I'm like, well, am I doing enough? Like, what am I doing? I don't know. And the only way I've been able to come to peace with that is just like, you can't compare yourself to other people's work and what other people are doing. You just have to do what feels right to you. So that's what I do. But it is intimidating. Well, yeah, I mean, you say in your Draw My Life video that you have to be confused in life or you won't grow. That's true. It's true. And I'm confused all the time. <laughs> all the time. I don't know why people just think, like, um, I don't know. I guess you could consider, like, I, I got good at YouTube. I got better at YouTube than I was. So if you get gooder at something, then you, like, must know what you're doing. And I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is that I just upload every week. And just do that. I just try to make things in my brain exist, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I mean, and since you made that statement in To Draw My Life, you gained 5 million subscribers over the yeah, that was over nuts. the next year. So it, it's still working. What do you hope that anyone listening to this Ear Biscuit uh, has learned or has changed their mind about you? Oh, geez. Um, I guess that... Do you have a sense of that? Uh, you know that you, you kind of choose your words. You figure out how you're gonna present yourself because people want to judge you. Um, 
I never know how to choose my words because I don't know how they're coming out of my mouth when they're coming out. Um, but I, I don't know if, if there's anything I pe- think people should take or would maybe take is that, you know, when you're really excited and uppity on the internet and doing really goofy stuff, that's not you all the time. Like, I can't tell you how many people come up to me or like a Ryan Higa or anybody that's just like, oh, like thinking of one of your guys' like really funny, hilarious songs and things like that. And they're like, well, you know, I thought you'd be more like crazy and out of control. And you're like, no, there's a time and a place for that. <laughs> yeah. And when you're doing that, then you're like that. But like, if you're walking around like that 24 seven, you're the most obnoxious person on the planet. You know what I mean? What I would hope people would take away from this or any time that you're talking honestly around a table and microphones is that sometimes you just need to like be a human being and let's all be human beings sometimes, you know? Like who can go to bed while they're sleeping and they're like, fuck, 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 Disney, like Jenna, relax. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw in a Disney here and there. Well, we appreciate the time. It's been great to get to know you. Now, yeah, you've got to sign the round table of Let's dim lighting. And that was the Jenna Marbles ear biscuit. We think about that, Link. That was uh, that was an experience. That was an experience for us because not only did we talk to the most popular YouTuber we've ever talked to, but it was someone who we had only met in passing. Like said, hey, to like one time. Yeah. And then the entire, uh, everything that we know personally about Jenna Marbles that doesn't come from her videos just happened at the the round table of dim lighting. And she was real right it, here. It was the real Jenna. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think the main thing that I, I noted is that it was just like observing someone who is so naturally talented and suited for YouTube. It's like what she does, what she brings to YouTube that has become so immensely popular is something that when you sit down and you meet her in person, you see how she is just being herself and herself is what makes her so big on YouTube, being well, being who she is. She wasn't in performance mode. Uh, I think watching, having heard her in her own words for this past hour plus, watching her videos, it clicks even more that she is authentically being naturally the comedian that she just is. Right. That authenticity is perfectly suited for astronomical success on YouTube. Right. It's like, you know, again, I... I try to resist doing this, but I can't, I'm fascinated when I think about just the people who've been at this table to talk to us. And, and I would just make these incredible observations about these amazing people. <laughs> you well, make incredible I observations. I make observations about incredible, that's I make better. mediocre observations about incredible people. Okay, that's, that's more acceptable. And we always talk about how there's this uh, tenacity. People have tried all these different things. And you see that with Jenna. She, did, she, ha- she does have a tenacity and you cannot be in this business without a tenacity in this, in this approach. But- the the fact that it is a this is a natural thing to her. She wasn't someone who sat around and like schemed to try to figure out how to make things work on YouTube. She was just like, I'm going to do what makes sense to me. Right, that webcam and those jump cuts, perfectly placed, are the natural habitat for her comedic instincts. And it wasn't like just okay, oh yeah, mildly successful. It was like no, this is this is something that 
it just skyrocketed to the top of YouTube and just camped, camped out there. I mean, as long as anybody, really, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I just think um, it was fun. It was, a, it was fun for me personally. I, I think there, I, I don't know how much people might have picked up on it, but there's a different tone when I feel like we're, like we're learning a whole lot in the process because it's like I've been familiar with her content, but I just haven't known her personally. And so my mind was just kind of going through all these things like, man, it's like this, the experiences that add up to who this woman is and how that plays out on YouTube. It's, it's just fascinating. You had a fascinated tone. Yes, you did. That's, yeah. It's- could you hear it in my voice? I could hear the fascination, and I hope that you at home were also fascinated, or in your car, or wherever you were, being ear biscuited. You've been ear biscuited <laughs> by Jenna Mari. You're gonna oh, you're gonna go by the real name. Well, we've we've had some quality time. Okay, all right, that's that. cool. I, I mean, just I just messed up her mom's googling. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand. I don't. I don't think our mom understands how Google works. <laughs> well, but yeah. I mean, you know, I I understood it. My dad has never contacted me and said, "Listen, man, you know, people are searching for another McLaughlin on the internet, <laughs> and it's messing up my prospects." I mean, we have a different first name. Well, we 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 can have <laughs> Jenna back, and that can be the first thing <laughs> we're talking about. The next ear biscuit is just no. She could bring her mom on. Or we could, you okay. know, we could, you know what? That's what we could start doing. We could start bringing parents of YouTubers on. Well, it may, it may get to that. We could call it uh, like ear oatmeal or something like that. <laughs> it's, ear fiber. <laughs> it's ear fiber. We only speak to the parents of YouTubers <laughs> or the or grandparents or something like that. Oh. This is it's like a Fine Brothers thing. It's yeah. like we just find we find different people to bring in and different ways to divide up the idea. You got ear biscuits, ear oatmeal, and ear fiber. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and Jenna for this ear biscuit. As always, uh, you should tweet at Jenna and let her know what you thought of this. Also, we appreciate you guys leaving a review on iTunes. That helps us and the ear biscuit. You can also leave a comment on SoundCloud and communicate with us. Uh, via Twitter with hashtag Ear Biscuits. And if you're one of those people that communicates via smoke signal, uh, I'm going to say that uh, you can... We re- hear you loud you and can, clear. You can represent Ear Biscuits with uh, doing seven little bursts of smoke and then like three additional bursts of smoke with like a five-minute pause in between the two. And that'll be like our little thing. We'll be like, oh, yeah, Ear Biscuits. The key is getting other people to understand that's what you're talking about. They would have to actually listen to the show to kind of defeat the purpose. So for all you smoke signalers out there, uh, thanks, thanks for your help in promoting the show.